Hey everybody, it's Jim and Aaron, and we are back with another. I'm the Aaron part of that equation. I don't know. I, 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 I that's don't just, introduce yourself. Yeah, yeah. This uh, could be the first podcast for thousands of people, right? And they're going to be thinking that you're Aaron, but I'm Jim. They might, yeah. So there you go. You've got the, some preconceived notions to work through, much like uh, Nicolas Cage in the movie The Wicker Man. <laughs> Which we're talking about today, the 2006 remake of the cult classic Wicker Man. I think this might be the first commissioned Nicolas Cage movie. It, I do believe that's true. It kind of surprises shocking. me, yeah. Shocking that we're almost 100, probably, if we did do all the commissioned pies into this, and this is the first Nicolas Cage, thinking of how ubiquitous Nicolas Cage is. It's like, uh, you know, we got JFK coming up pretty soon. That might be our first Kevin Bacon movie. <laughs> no, Kevin Bacon. Yeah. Kevin Costner? No, Kevin Bacon is in JFK. Kevin Bacon's in JFK? Yeah. It's huh. it's probably one of the linchpins of the 6 degrees of bacon because there's so <laughs> right. many stars in that. Right. Like, you know, he's got these linchpin things that just kind of knit it all together, but like yeah. what are the odds that we've dodged the cage and bacon wells? <laughs> Haven't fallen down any. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, we're here to to not to bury, but to burn the Wicker Man, mm-hmm. uh, directed by Neil Laboot, uh, David Pavlico with the ProjectorPeople.com commissioned this. The ProjectorPeople.com is a website that he is affiliated with. Mm-hmm. Uh, as David says, I can't think of any better way to watch the Golden Age of Television than on a 120 inch big screen. Hmm. Used to be a projector aficionado. I did. Yeah, I had a projector yeah. in my apartment at back one time. in the in the bald tower. You had the you, yeah. There's a where's you your pull TV down G- screen? Where's your TV, Jim? You're big in the television. Well, and you pull it on a screen from the ceiling <laughs> and whoom. There Not it goes. only am I big in the television, but my television is big. <laughs> it's big in my apartment. Yep. Uh, he says I listen to a crapload of podcasts, and I have to say that I enjoy the stuff you guys put out more than anything else I listen to. So I wanted to support your efforts, so I don't have you don't have to go back to working your sucky day jobs. Oh, I appreciate that. I do. I really do. I don't want to go back to the sucky day job. No, no. Although watching the Wicker Man during the day worse than compiling code and uh, writing Fuck reports no. for insurance databases. No, definitely not. <laughs> Uh, I am ordering thereby a custom podcast movie review for none other than the Wicker Man, the Nick Cage version. Hopefully neither of you have seen this one before because I think it's probably best to watch with no preconceptions or spoilers going in. Sorry to disappoint you, uh, but Jim and I are massive Nicolas Cage fans Mm -hmm. from way back. Uh, We celebrate the man's entire catalog, and uh, there's still a lot that I haven't seen. Now... Before we go in, I want to encourage everyone to check the show notes because I'm going to embed two YouTube videos. One's called Cage Doing Cage. Pretty good. Uh, yeah. And one is called Nicholas Cage Losing His Shit, <laughs> which might be the best compilation I've ever seen on YouTube. That's the thing. I, I can't think of another single actor who has a better, more insane highlight reel yeah. than Nicholas Cage. He's right. just racked up. Just insane performance after insane performance. I mean, this man. I mean, that's the thing that. Oh God, let's let's talk about let's talk about Nick Cage. Okay, before I'm we happy start. to. This um, is a man who has used his fortune and fame to acquire castles, which yes. he then had to sell off because of tax problems. Dinosaur bones. Dinosaur bones. He has a uh, that he later tomb- later got cheated out of. On Did a lawyer, he? yeah, yeah, like there was like some kind of uh, like it turns out that those dozens <laughs> lawyer came up long in a museum. They did, they did, <laughs> they did. The, the law offices of Jones and Jones came up. <laughs> and it was said, me and Indy. Is uh, was it Jones, Jones, and Sala uh, that came up and oh, said yeah. this, uh, this, uh, this, these bones belong in museum? And he's like, I got, I got nothing on that. Yeah, uh, this man has been in great movies uh he's an oscar winner mm-hmm. he's a golden globe winner he's a multiple oscar nominee he's been in multiple oscar nominated and winning films he owns a pyramid shaped tomb did you know that I in new orleans i did not know that or or maybe just outside of new orleans interesting yeah all right one of those yeah. above guard ground sarcophagus deals that they uh-huh. got going on in new orleans uh he he is has had an, what i would call an important career uh leaving las vegas um uh, Moonstruck, uh, Raising Arizona, mm-hmm. Knowing, Lord of War, Weathermen, Weatherman, off. Matchstick Men. Those are yeah. those are just unambiguously good films. Now, let's slide into action. Right. 
He's got Con Air. He's got Face Off. He's got The Rock. One of the all-time greats, yeah. I mean, but then he's also got these other things. He's got, like, Drive Angry. Drive Angry, Ghost Rider, uh-huh. uh, The Wicker Man, uh, the, the, uh, the, the, the Season of the Witch. Oh, season of the Witch, Which right. we had a really good time watching back in the day. Uh, he, uh-huh. and, and it seems like that I, I read on Rage. Reddit, someone's perfectly uh, summed up Nicolas Cage. Because Nicolas Cage is an actor with extremely high ceiling mm-hmm. and very low standards. Okay, because it does seem like he gets he 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 gambles and he pisses away money and mm-hmm. he runs out and he's like, well, what's the first script that I can shoot? Yeah, it's the only explanation. Now, before we talk about the movie, so let's stay on the Nick Nick Cage train. Mm-hmm. Why? I guess I'm curious about why more actors don't have this kind of colorful career. Because I guess if I was an actor, um. And someone wanted to pay me to be in a movie, and I had the time to do it. Why wouldn't I? Why wouldn't I want to make money and have fun and do crazy shit? Especially <laughs> since it hasn't seemed to have hurt his the serious side of his career yeah. too, because he's still getting casted in like you know with minor part roles in like Snowden. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, it's, it's like you know, people Hollywood hasn't forgotten that he's actually a capable actor as well. No, I feel like he's. He's some kind of white rhino or whatever, you know. He's mm. he's this one in a million actor who is somehow able to maintain a serious career in the face of the ridiculous bullshit he does for what I can only assume is tax purposes. Like he yeah. goes out and he shoots films because you know he wants to get his castle back. Yeah, true. essentially. But I feel like other people. But, like... but you're right. He somehow maintains it, and I don't understand why because. Yeah. We have seen people do bad movies and their careers just be destroyed. Like, like one bad movie will or, kill or you. Or terrible performances. Like Shia LaBeouf is the perfect example of this, right? Like right. he got this reputation and it just destroyed his acting career. Right. Destroyed it. But Nick Cage is immune to that and right. I don't understand it. I mean, part of Shia was that wasn't there like uh, an allegation of plagiarism, which I guess in a – Yeah. Th- like, like in Hollywood, you can be a pedophile – Right. You can, you know, buck, an buck, on-screen buck, buck, rapist, like a 13-year-old, yep. uh, and everything's cool, but by God, if you create some kind of act of creative heresy, like plagiarism, yeah. if you steal someone's intellectual property, that's what can get you blacklisted. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, but yeah, so I guess Nicolas Cage hasn't, like, you know, fallen down in there. Yeah, but he, he also, you know, Shia had his problems with his performances, too, because everybody sure. was just like, this is the quintessential Shia right. performance, and... Right. We don't want to see it again. What do you mean by that? Um, <laughs> right. The other thing. Uh, so the other thing is like Nicolas Cage hasn't even gotten to do everything he wanted to do. This is a man who mm-hmm. wanted unironically to be cast in a Superman movie. Yeah. He auditioned for the role of Aragorn in Lord of the Rings. Oh, Christ. Can you even imagine Nicolas Cage's <laughs> Aragorn? He would have done a good like you know that time where uh, Vigo kicked the helmet. And he broke his toe and he screamed, yeah. uh, fell to his knees. Nick Lake, he would have just done that as a performance choice. Yeah. He doesn't need to – he's like, you know, uh, you, you try acting sometime, Vigo. You don't uh. have to break your toe to <laughs> scream. You can just scream, yeah. you know, in, in every third take. My method is not giving a fuck. <laughs> that's, his, that's his method that's his acting. Method acting. Yep. Um, what else do you want to say about Nicolas Cage before we I, dig into this movie proper? So we talked about some of his – you know, action movies, and he's done a lot of them. Um, and some of them are notable. Some of them are really good and genre-breaking and, like, all kinds of stuff. But I was going to ask you where you think he stacks up on our infamous three Cs of badass scale. The characters, the charisma, and the specimen, the physical specimen. Well, <laughs> Nick Cage at his most jacked <laughs> Con is Air, probably right? Con Air. Yeah. And he still is more of a, you know, like 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 a, I don't know, like a a, pa- a passion play Jesus build. Yeah, it's like than than a real like. You know, I, I, I he's supposed to be a special forces guy in this movie. The Con Air yeah. is a ridiculous fever dream of a movie. It I, makes I no sense it. from top to bottom. Yeah, but he's supposed to be a a, a special forces guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know that he sells it. He's much better in The Rock. Yeah, where he is kind of an everyman who is succeeding because he's got James Bond by his side, and he uh-huh. gets by on some luck and guile and chemical knowledge. 
Yeah, I would. I wouldn't give him very, very much of a C for champion. No. So all. he's got. He's got a like. You know, he's not. But the thing is, he's also not nothing. He's right. But but he's all, only about as buff as like John Cusack could ever get. <laughs> yeah. Which which is not very buff. Sure. Sure. Uh, he's so, kind of got a little bit of a doughiness to him that I, uh, I don't know. So I'll give him a quarter point for that. Okay. For right. characters, the roles he's played, w- what are his... I feel like Caster Troy is maybe like the most villainous and like pretty badass, badass too, yeah. of them all. Yeah. Um, I mean, he did play a special ops guy. He's pretty badass and that's, in Con that's Air. the thing that's yeah. like our rules for the badasses is like it's, it doesn't matter... Whether it's believable or not, if a role asserts yeah. that someone's a badass and takes them serious in that role, you have to credit the the soul. I'll, I'll give him a, a maybe a a half point for roles. Plays a lot of cops. I mean, half of, of his cops, movies yeah. he's playing cops. Yeah, um, yeah. Now the charisma is the interesting thing. He plays. Like, a, I'd be tempted to give him a full point for charisma. Charisma, but uh, but you're you're but talking he's not about smooth. He's not like yeah. You're, you're talking about charisma against like Bruce Willis, like that's the epitome or uh, of, of like right. the badass charisma. Yeah. And no, I can't give him so. I, let's a uh, half point, three quarters of a point. Oh, man, yeah, charisma is the one that I get stuck on because I I fully understand the other two, but charisma. Yeah, I, does Nicolas Cage have charisma? Like, is he able to? Is he able to? charm people is he able to absolutely <laughs> you think so who does oh, yeah. he charm yeah what movie does he charm someone in uh, believably <laughs> i mean you, you have you have you seen moonstruck he plays the, the main no. romantic interest for Cher in that um i think he's charming in uh uh, uh the raising arizona you think so yeah okay i mean maybe in a goofy uh weird sort of way no, I mean, but that's that is a type of um, but that that is a type of charm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like if you believe that he, uh, uh, if you can, if, if you believe that he can charm the pants off Holly Hunter, mm-hmm. and I think he does in that movie, then he's charming. <laughs> All right. And you know, it's not necessarily about charm. It's also about attitude. Right. Uh, I feel like when he tries to display attitude, he just gets shouty. When, Which is exemplified. Me, in this so, movie. so when he proclaims that he can eat a peach for hours, right? Do you believe him? I guess I do. That's yeah, charisma. I guess I do. That's charisma. There you go. Okay, <laughs> sold me half a point. Uh, so I'm saying, so that means he's got one C, which is a pretty uh-huh. dismal. Like I don't like that's <laughs> the lowest score you can get and still be called like you know considered an action hero. Yeah. Uh, you know Sigourney Weaver, I think is 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 leaves him in the dust yeah he's somewhere and she's on par. not that's the saying like she's not particularly well known as an action heroine either yeah i mean not lately i suppose well but i mean but think about it she she's like got aliens, aliens she's yeah. got the aliens franchise and that's about it yeah like if bruce willis only had die hard then i mean we could have probably the same argument about him yeah that's true uh okay so there you go there there's a there's a 360 degree review of of Nicolas Cage's review uh, of his career now let's talk about this Wicker Man movie which doesn't I I've not seen the original mm-hmm. I think the premise is interesting because as I was thinking about this I can think of nothing for myself as a as a uh, secular atheist I can think of nothing more horrifying than being lured to some place under false pretenses, and then sacrificed to a pagan fucking god. Mm-hmm. Uh, especially since it seems like that this island is going to be wiped off the face of the earth shortly because yeah, it's a big plot point in the movie that many, many people know that he's going to this island this you know his friend joe he's at intermittent cell phone contact he knows he's going to this island to investigate a disappearance and he's going to in in turn disappear right and like i don't know if these i don't know if these women can just stonewall a determined like fbi type investigation no i mean they come in like the fbi comes in and maybe they send like one agent right and Mm -hmm. they they get them too well, well where does that train end? There's also a, a deleted scene at the end of the movie where James Franco, um, right, comes in and and, and somebody who what, Jason uh, not Schwartzman, I don't remember his name, uh, yeah. 
but but they come in and they imply that this cycle's about to begin again. Yeah, Lily's out there and yeah, Willow is out there. They're going to seduce another generation of men, and yeah. maybe that's how they're going to subvert it. But I, I just don't know. It, it feels like that there's no way that some island in the Puget Sound could continue this kind of human sack. Or maybe they could if they stuck with like drifters and mm-hmm. homeless people and hobos and what like. But but you're killing a cop. Yeah. The other thing about this very Rube Goldberg-esque plot is it it felt like the movie added way too much motivation for Nick Cage. And it did it in a real really clunky ways. Yeah. Like, you know, they could have just been like this woman, a former flame of his, since a letter, and he's got an overdeveloped guardian complex, and he has to go to the island to investigate what happened to this woman's daughter. Like, who needs who needs a complex reason to go save a child, especially mm-hmm. if it's someone who is a, 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 a child of someone who is important to you, you know, some, some time ago? Yeah, or, I mean, even even tell the guy, look, it's your child in the letter. Yeah. Like that's the setup right there. Right. Oh, what? My child? I didn't know I had a child. I should go investigate. Oh, she's missing? What? Why forty? Why do we have to wait until 45 minutes in the movie when it's clear to everyone except Nicolas Cage that this this uh, Rowan is your daughter that established right. it? Yeah, you're right. Why the elaborate setup with the, 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 the woman from the island and her child in the backseat getting plowed into by a semi-truck, which is yeah. ludicrously dangerous... Mm-hmm. The whole thing catches on fire and then it explodes. Right. And they get they escape from it? Somehow they do. Like um, so many things could have gone wrong. Yeah. And, and plus the the fact that it's just not necessary. It's completely unnecessary as is having someone embedded in the police force buddying up to him to deliver this letter. Yeah. That's literally her entire purpose and she right. whips off the mask at the end and you go ooh. ooh. Yeah. No, no, no. You could have sent that you you could have put a stamp on it, uh huh, and sent it, or you could have had the guy in the plane deliver it's it. It's not like, or she's you could have had Willow go do it. She's not hiding her fucking location. No, she's saying here I am on this island, come and get me. Right. So have they Willow don't... go out and say go go to him, explain to him, look, this is your daughter. Right. I never told you about her, but you have a daughter here, and she's gone missing on this island. Come back with me. I mean, maybe this Joe guy who's in contact with turns out to work at the island, too. Then it would be nice and neat and tidy. But at some point, you got to be like, wait a second. And I think that we've already... Why would this woman... What plausible reason would would this islanders have to send the woman for 10 years to infiltrate the highway patrol department that Nick Cage worked for? Like, what happens if Nick just decides he doesn't want to be a cop after five years and just quits and goes and sells insurance yeah does she do, do they send another woman to infiltrate the insurance company they do and to what end to, i i mean i guess like they... if you need a guy to come and be sacrificed mm-hmm. just send one of your many many hot young women to the mainland to any bar in seattle right and say hey my place my place is back on this crazy private island why don't you come and spend a week with me and then you go and grab him and he comes willingly and you sacrifice him uh-huh. what the hell is with all this setup i i don't know it's extremely clunky and it makes no sense they refer um, to him as a knight implying that maybe his role as a policeman is important to this legend but that's the thing like this movie feels like it should either be 60 minutes long and mm-hmm. they just cut out all unnecessary thing with the trucks and all that stuff, or it should be three hours long yeah. and delve into the mythology of the island and like almost true detective it up, like get in the Yellow King and why are these, this is a matriarchy and what's the relationship with the men on the island because it seems like a lot of them have their, like, their tongues torn out or maybe they're yeah. castrated, but then a lot of them don't. They do, they're able to talk and they seem like they enjoy their time on the island. I... He goes into this island gynecologist office, and there's all these jars and fetuses. Are we supposed to understand that those are all men? Those are all male fetuses that uh-huh. were aborted? Like, Possibly. where are the answers to this? This movie's curiously too long for what it is, but too short to actually answer the questions that they raise in the film. Yeah, I don't. Uh, I don't get it. I don't get it. Yeah, I'm with you. I and I don't know what the original was like. I hear the original is much better. Um, aside from maybe some small pacing issues, much better uh, constructed. So from what I can tell, the big thing about this is that you've got a man who is a Puritan and he's actually a virgin. 
an okay. older middle-aged man who's a virgin, which is part of the plot point. This is a virgin sacrifice, and there's a lot of like hedonistic sex in this film, like nudity huh. and like and the, the, like like what drives this man crazy is how hedonistic and free love everything is, which is a weird <laughs> another a weird so message. So he's like the Puritan on this island. And... Yeah, and they sacrifice him to, and he's also like because huh. I've I've seen. Um, if you recall, one of the, I forget what channel, but they used to, the the there there used to be a channel that shows during Halloween like the top hundred scary movies of all time, and The Wicker Man was one of those movies, and they showed like the last minute, and like in in that version when they're burning him alive, he's like screaming Christian hymns at the top of his voice to try to drown out their pagan ones, mm-hmm. I don't you know to get him to heaven or whatever, right? So like. There were some interesting themes, but I, I mean, again, I, I don't. I guess I'd have to see the original before I talk too much about it. But it seems flawed or simplistic in a different direction than the Nick Cage version. Yeah, I mean, the, so maybe I should say one good thing about this movie is I think the only thing I appreciated was kind of the atmosphere of confusion and disorientation that it created. Um, because I, as a viewer, felt it, and maybe I shouldn't have been quite as much as I did. Maybe they should have more tightly plotted this, but I, I think Nicolas Cage came across as feeling extraordinarily confused and, and surprised by what was going on. Yeah, here. I, so I'm saying, like, if this was a 60-minute film, uh-huh. it would come across as almost like a Lovecraft short story. Right. Like, you've got right. this weird cult and this hero that's there, and he doesn't understand anything, and then he gets sacrificed at the end, and it would be mm-hmm. kind of profoundly unsettling. But they add so much weird stuff and almost some, like, slapstick moments yeah. that it detracts from... But but you're I right. Mean, there are points in the movie where you're just like, what the fuck is going on? That, that's the thing. I It, it kind of reminded me of the vibe that, like, Insomnia has. Have you ever seen that movie? The Al Pacino and Robin Williams, he goes to Alaska. Yes, yes, I accidentally. have. Uh-huh. Yep. Okay, it, it's a good movie. I won't spoil it too much. But it you get a sense of disorientation in that movie mm-hmm. that is kind of similar to the one you get here. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's a different different plot, but very similar feeling. Yeah, and I wonder how... that's how I felt. I was wondering how much of this is, like, the sins of the original are in this remake. Like, this guy... He wanted to hit like scenes that were important to him or that he mm-hmm. liked or he found chilling that but they don't they they didn't play well to modern times and also he's trans you know I, in the original I think it's it's um some island off of Ireland or Scotland or the or the UK mm-hmm. or the or Britain that he's visiting he's it's all set in in the uh, the UK uh, and translating it to. Puget Sound and California and America and in the 21st century, I wonder if there's some weird errors in translation that he just, for whatever reason, didn't spend enough time smoothing over or didn't 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 spend enough time trying to, to figure out. I mean, I guess what I'm trying to say is, I feel like there is a really good movie in here. It's just Somewhere. either too long or too short. Like they could have made it a longer movie that explored some of this but then i don't know because we that was that's one of the things we didn't like about the movie about the eels the the cure for wellness right yeah there again another movie had solid concept that that it was bloated under way too much crap yeah just Uh, belaboring the point and it's 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 weird to say about like a 93 minute film but this does feel like it's got about 30 minutes of fat in it Mm -hmm. so i like maybe they just need to take that 30 minutes and turn it into something else like trim the bullshit, but then add in yeah. the explanations for some other stuff. Yeah, and there's like just scene after scene of these women stonewalling Nicolas Cage and being smug and mm-hmm. and uh, clearly obstructionist. And it's weird uh, that he doesn't. De- so what is his problem here? Did he? What should he have done? Did he? It's simultaneous. Like a, he didn't take them seriously as a credible threat, mm-hmm. and then also took them too seriously. I don't know. I watching it I I was thinking how infuriating it would be to be Nicolas Cage in this scenario. Not Nicolas Cage, but whatever his character's name is. Cuz these people are just infuriating to talk to. Yeah. They don't say anything of importance. Right. Um everything they say is veiled behind something else. Uh They lie to your face and when you catch them in a provable lie, there yeah. is no 
you didn't win a moral victory or they don't have their they don't fear him at all which that's some that's also something very weird that they don't fear that this guy's a policeman i don't know like i feel like the after there should have been an after credit scene of like you know uh some kind of fbi helicopter like like squadron landing here and just, just like you know putting everything <laughs> under martial law right but the, also but it's I, like, I mean just talking to these people i can't blame him for getting shouty and for sure. just like he's i would be losing my mind talking to these people right. i would be shouting and screaming and just actually i'd probably leave yeah what i would do i would have left long before he did yeah it's it's also weird that boy i'm trying to think i'm trying to come up with a because i know you haven't seen uh that that um jordan peele movie get out yet not yet no but I want to make I want to make a, a contrast between here because you got this protagonist who is physically stronger than ninety nine percent of the island's inhabitants, and he's got a he's yeah. got a semi automatic pistol, and I'm assuming he's got a reload, so he's got let's say twenty shots. Mm-hmm. And there's less than that many men on the island. I don't understand why at the towards the end of the movie he didn't just decide to take the place over because I feel like he was crazy enough that he would have done that even though he didn't have jurisdiction all that. Also at some point the women get the gun away from him and unload it and mm-hmm. he as a police officer didn't now if you don't if you never held a gun you might not know this but ammunition is made out of lead. And a full clip of ammo is very heavy, very and it heavy. changes yeah. the balance a lot. Uh-huh. It'd be like if if you have a car a carpenter to picks up a hammer and someone sawed off nine inches of the handle and he didn't notice. Uh-huh. Like you just have to take my word that if you've ever had much less if you've you've you you hold a gun as part of your career mm-hmm. uh, and you get familiar with the weight of it, like just the, the, an empty gun versus a full gun is is hugely different. And I. I just can't believe that he didn't know that. <laughs> right. Also, yeah, there's a lot of yeah stuff like that. Yeah. Um. The, so that that is kind of a problem for me. But I just I just I just I don't understand why he didn't take things over. And here's the thing. Um. So they they have these big kind of like cheering moments where Nick Cage beats the shit out of women. <laughs> okay. He sure does. And there's some of that, like, in Get Out, which is the story of uh, – I don't want to spoil it if you don't haven't seen it. But, like, you know that the black man goes into white country and things don't end well. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of cheering moments where the black guy fights against his captors, and that makes sense. Um, it's weird, you know, and I, I don't know what everyone's politics are, but, like, I you know, broadly buy into this whole uh, concept of the patriarchy, which is for millennia, you know, for various reasons, men have been in position to call the shots in society, and we have largely been either, you know, maybe we've been benign or benevolent, but for the most part, if there's been any oppression, it's been men doing it, not giant bands of females roving around oppressing men. Mm-hmm. It's weird to do this alternate reality where the women are the oppressors and the man it's it's it's, it's it'd be it'd be kind of like if there was an island of black people that a white person visited and the, the black people push him into slavery and then you're rooting for the white man to destroy his black oppressors. It's 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 not just wrong-headed, it's almost mean-spirited to set up a contrived situation where the the people in the one down position are the ones that are in the one up position, and then you're rooting for the traditional oppressor to destroy the women. Like I, mm-hmm. th- th- like I said, I'm, I'm having a hard time articulating, but it just feels wrong. It feels like something like a bully would do. Like, oh, you I, you, you I, women want to run the world? Well, this is what it would look like if it, you if you did it, and you'd just be just as cruel. And and now we're gonna have a man who's fighting against the system, and the audience is gonna cheer for it at each at each step of the way. Right. So I feel like this is the metaphor of the movie run amok. Like uh-huh. the metaphor here is as thinly veiled as Miss Summer Isle's bed. Uh-huh. Uh <laughs> she is obviously the it's queen. Very thinly veiled. Very thinly it. veiled. It's, she's obviously the queen bee of this society, right? The the whole society is acting as this hive mentality, and like, right. And the man is the drone. The drone must die. Right. They go so far as to calling calling Nicolas Cage honey at the beginning of this movie. Right. Putting him in a fucking bear costume uh-huh. where he is chasing down the honey. Like, right, yeah. that's He's going <laughs> to rip open the hive and eat its sweet honey. Right. This is ridiculous. Uh-huh. It's too much. Uh-huh. Too much metaphor. Uh-huh. And I don't even know what it's trying to say because of it. 
Yeah, like it. I mean, I I won't say it, it's. There's really not an anti-woman message in there. You have to go looking for it, but if there is a message, it's that. Like, bitches be crazy. <laughs> right. You give them a whole island to r- rule, and they'll just turn to neo-pagan earth mother gods and, and, and sacrifice men on burning altars. Yeah, I don't agree with any of what this movie has to say on either side. Uh-huh. Like... I don't want to see Nicolas Cage running around punching women to the ground. It's hilarious. I mean, that's the thing. He's when fully it happens, justified in doing Like, if I was yes. in that situation, I would be throwing punches, too. Right. I don't necessarily want to see it, though. At the same uh-huh. time, I don't want to see uh, Nicolas Cage by a roving, get killed by a roving gang of women. So, uh-huh. like, it, I, I don't know where I stand on this movie because I'm not sure of the message it's trying to convey. Do you think the movie itself is – like, do you – I mean – I don't know if the mirror is if the if the movie is trying to hold up like a mirror to society in some absurd way. Right. Like it has a message it thinks it's talking about, but if it does, honestly it was lost on me. I mean, if they want to make something that's like anti if you want to say like anti-secularism is bad, anti-science is bad, then why would you couch it in this term of an all-women island? Right. Um and and also like there's a lot of things I was curious about like what is the relationship of the men on this island because some of them seem like they're cool with it some of them seem like they're like literally they've had their tongues ripped off and they've they've been neutered like I, I don't I don't get it I mean the only possible message that this movie could be purveying here it, that I would agree with is that this kind of behavior from either sex whether it's the patriarchy we have or this mm-hmm. fictional matriarchy, matriarchy here uh that both of them are wrong mm-hmm. and that the abuse of the power is not tied to a certain sex necessarily it's just plain abuse of power yeah um but i don't know that that's the message the movie is going for that's the one i could tolerate uh-huh um the other really weird thing that feels like a a dead end or vestigial part of this film is Lily Sobieski's role. Yeah. She first comes him as like an innocent person who wants to get off the Island. He oddly doesn't, he, he just kind of backs away slowly. And then the next time we see her, she's viciously attacking Nicholas cage and, 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 and intoning the drone must die. Mm-hmm. Like what the hell? Like what part of this, skit was she playing like if he's like okay i'll get you off let's get let's 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 go talk to the airplane guy right now the airplane i mean like where does that go like what what kind of weird trap is that going to spring on him yeah like i don't know it's a trap that never springs yeah obviously like she attacks him at the end yeah but it's also really funny that speaking of the plane guy He's okay. in terror yeah. of these women, clearly, and he's like, "Look, I can't help you because it'll get me in trouble. If nothing else, economically." And yeah. so this is his job. He's mm-hmm. an old guy. He's been doing it for a long daily, time. Daily, daily, he delivers. Daily, to this he island. De- makes yep. delivers this island, and Nick Cage gives him two fifties. He's like, "Okay, <laughs> right," and he's happy about it. That's man. not even a tank. He's gas thrilled. for this plane, right? No, not even. <laughs> like that's so weird. It's short sighted at best. It's. It gets him killed. That's like so, risking your job for five bucks. Yeah. Yeah. Your, your livelihood. And also, like, a very peculiar livelihood. It's not like mm-hmm. you're a pizza delivery guy and you can just go across to Noble Romans if you get fired by Pizza Hut. How yeah. many how many islands need seaboat daily courier things yeah. all the time? You're Harrison Ford in seven days and seven nights. <laughs> you are. Like, you don't have many opportunities after this, Mm-mm. man. Mm-mm. No, like, you know, maybe The Force Awakens will come along and you can make <laughs> some money on that. But Yeah, maybe this guy was, like, in some of the biggest movie franchises of all time. It's also weird because he's just, there's this cop. He's there to investigate a missing person. He shows up on the island, and the first thing he's confronted is a giant burlap wiggling sack that's got blood leaking from it. Uh-huh. And he lets these rubes get away with not showing him what's in the bag. So that's a constant problem in this movie, is Nick Cage can't follow through with a goddamn thing. Yeah. He can't look in the bag. He can't ask a fucking follow-up question. Yes. He can't 
he can't pry enough. And it's one thing if and he could, like, he just doesn't do it. It's one thing when the women that are supposed to be hostile to him are stonewalling this, and he can't. Because I also one of the things I think they didn't do a very good job is establishing the fact that he is from another jurisdiction. He has no real power there, right? Right. So most of his stuff is bluster, mm-hmm. which explains like why maybe he doesn't ask follow up or go and just whip guns out and be like, no, really, what's in the fucking bag? Uh-huh. But when he's got sympathetic people like Lily Sobieski or his Willow, his yeah. Willow, the old side, which has got this weird, I'm going to call it a corn hawk because it's like a <laughs> corn row, but only in the middle of her scalp. What the fuck? Um, they, yeah. He asks them direct questions and they just evade and he just like, okay, sure. And he doesn't follow up. She like, he asks specifically like what, what is describe the ri- this ceremony? What is the right of death and rebirth? Right. Oh, and, you know. And she it's says, it's some... just a story. And he doesn't follow up okay. and say, no, describe okay. it to me. Yeah, what, what happens? What is the story? Because I've seen pictures. Yeah. Something happens what, here. What Tell me what story? happens. What is with the crow's mask? What is with the... Right. Ask any goddamn follow-up question and you might have gotten some info before you got killed. Yeah. Yeah. So the other thing... Um... Oh, boy. Uh after he gets after he stumbles across the beehives the first time, and he's the other thing about this guy's <laughs> character is he's allergic to bees, and he's going on an island that's in, consists entirely around the bee trade. It's it might like, be made of bees. They drink mead, they eat honey, yeah. rinse and repeat. Yeah, the island itself is made out of bee. It the, might the be ki- some people. Chitin, I think are the chitin or ch- is it chitin or chitin? I don't know how you say that. Um, but, it's it's, yeah. it's just like just it's you know how you got coral reef islands. This uh, is all bee chitin all the way down. Um, That's the thing, though. He goes to this island, uh-huh. and he is simultaneously the most prepared man on the planet and the least prepared man. He shows up in a fucking cardigan with loafers uh-huh. on a goddamn wooded island, uh-huh. and he says, drop me off on the beach, and then he hikes five miles. And, they, and they yet he has the, the Here's the thing. They hilariously show this guy wading in like waist-deep water to provide cover for this uh, boat guy. Uh-huh. But then the boat guy, like they established the dock he pulls up to is like 50 feet up to shore. Right, right. Like, I thought we were going to see a scene of like Nicolas Cage find a road and this guy's going to like take off and go to where he actually goes. Yeah. But, like, you're not fooling anybody. No, that loud-ass like plane. No, man. <laughs> That's the thing. But then, so he's completely unprepared in his dress, but then he has this bee EpiPen yeah. set in his yeah, bag. Yeah, yeah, right. He has flashlights. Uh-huh. He has... Waterproof flashlights. All kinds of stuff that he's brought with him, clearly knowing what kind of place this is. So what's with the shoes, man? Yeah. Yeah. Since, since you know, some sensible... Or why not show up in your uniform? There you like, go. Because that's the thing, like... First scene, after he gets off the boat, he goes to the bar, and he wraps his badge on the bar. He's like, just so all you motherfuckers know, I'm putting you on blast. I'm here for official business. I'm a police officer. I'm invest. Like, dude, where is your chill? Like, yeah. if you're, you're not there in official capacity, and mm-hmm. you know it, and these women know it. Because the very first one, he's like, oh, you're a California cop? Yeah. Well, we're in Washington, and mm-hmm. what the... So I did. It didn't. It, it and it felt like that all this stuff should have come out in pre-production. Oh yeah, like the guy, this Laboot guy who was adapting the earlier work should have been like, okay, I've made changes. What are the impacts of these changes? These scenes no longer make sense, right. and they seem like they're pretty minor fixes. Fixes like there is some compelling stuff to be done here. Like, what if Nick Cage was like undercover? But how is he going to be undercover in an island right. that has like 200 inhabitants? Right, be like he can't be trying to go undercover in Beaver Island. Like yeah. they all know each other; they're going to know your. At least that has tourism, but yeah. here there's clearly no tourism. No, they don't allow it. Yeah. in fact, which so, how the hell does that work too? They don't allow tourism. I mean, if they control the only pier, I guess you could get like one or two. I guess if the island is truly but... private, you could do that. Yeah. yeah, I mean, if it's private land, you could yeah. say no trespassing. Sure, right. Uh. I don't know. I uh, there's a lot of like unintentional comedy that you mentioned earlier. But I forgot. I was going on this tangent about him going get stung okay. by the bee. Uh, this bee doctor, who's also the gynecologist in the island, says, "I treated you in the old ways." What is the old way? If I was a person who suffers from you know uh, uh, allergies to bees, things I want. What is the? Did you suck the bee venom out? Did you cover me in honey and lick it off? <laughs> right. Like what is the? Again, a natural follow up. What what the hell did you do to me? Yeah. Did you cut my balls off? I, I that was immediately my first question. What is the old way? Yeah, and nobody asks the obvious question here. They put not not only here but everywhere. They in put this movie. baking soda and lemon juice on it. 
that's the old uh, like like yeah like I I would like to know more about this culture because obviously he's got a real beat allergy. He needs yeah. it. They, you know what? I bet that she just stuck him with his own epipen uh-huh. because that's how she does it. There's no old ways at the end of the movie, right? She just sticks him with his epipen. <laughs> yeah. yeah, the old ways of thievery, the second oldest <laughs> profession. Uh-huh. I, that was the old way. Anyway, you were saying the unintentional comedy. Yeah, you mentioned earlier um, how this movie comes off sometimes as unintentionally funny. Uh, but it's not just like sometimes. It's basically everything in this movie that they try to do to make it creepy and create this weird atmosphere mm-hmm. comes off as hilarious to me, mm-hmm. um, completely unintentionally. Because, like, you know, once he starts um, ram- ransacking everybody's houses and they're going to this... Um, He's kicking doors down and ripping off little girls' ma- masks. And- yeah, uh, chasing people through the town, and they're all going off to this ritual. Uh there are these girls up on a ridge who pop up like it's some kind of cartoon in these masks and then drop back down. You can do that in a creepy way, but the even the movement of the children yeah. there just conveys comedy instead yeah. of instead of fright. And I, I don't understand how you can look at what you've got on the tape and say, you know what, I think – I and not say I think it's funnier that Nick Cage punches this woman out than it is – thematically appropriate for our movie right like because especially the whole approach when he's going to sister beach which yeah. haha fun, like you know it right. sounds like some some uh uh eastern european mispronouncing bitch uh-huh. but he goes to sister bitch and he just creeps up on her for like 30 seconds and then flat out sucker bunches her it's hilarious yeah it's hilarious on the face of it just <laughs> it the way hilarious. it's filmed yeah. It's funny. And then his fight with Lily Sobieski where he's just doing crane kicks in her face. <laughs> right. And it's ridiculous. Yeah. And then they and then they put Nicolas Cage in a fucking bear costume. And he goes and punches another woman out. <laughs> he struggles with, with he struggles with the Frank Underwood's protege from House of Cards over a bicycle. Uh-huh. And I'm like, this girl, this woman weighs ninety five pounds. Just pick take her face and shove her down. Well, that's Why are thing. you scuffling with the woman over a bicycle? I don't know that I could write a funnier scene than Nicolas Cage punching out a woman in a bear suit. In a full on bear suit. It's it's one of the funniest things I've ever Why, seen. What is whatever is the matter, sister? Be- yeah, he just punches her. <laughs> but it's certainly not meant to be, right? And then and then okay, so <laughs> Miss Beach or whatever her name is gets punched the fuck Son out of a beach by a bear. Uh huh. Nick Cage steals her bear costume and runs off toward the ritual. Yep. Uh, and joins it, and then we see <laughs> that the that Beach. Has a backup fish costume, sure, just waiting. No, in like, her size, it that was part of the the the. I want to say joke because that's what it feels like. That was part of the plan, right? Because after the little girl runs to the clearing, she runs up to her mommy and said, "Did I do everything right?" Like, really, your Rube Goldbergian plot was to get Nicolas Cage to rescue this girl in a bear costume. It, so Sister Beach could wear her real fish costume? It's ridiculous. And he could he could run off in the direction of the... And the other thing is, like, how does he let this little girl lead him anywhere? Hey, outrun him, yeah. Well, but that's the thing, like, if a kid... You know, here's the thing about little kids. They're fast, sure, and they can run, but you can always run faster because your yeah. stride's, like, three times longer. Absolutely. So, like, over a long run, maybe the little girl could leave him in the dust. But at any time, Nick could, could just hustled for five seconds, grabbed her, and be like, stay with me, kid. Yeah. Like, I, I, don't, I don't get it. I don't get it. No, there's so much unintentional comedy in here that I, I, I don't even know how you can look at the movie and say, yep, this is the scary movie we were trying to make. Right. And there are some other creepy things, like those twin crones. And if you oh, haven't seen the yeah. movie, you'll know them when you see them. They were more annoying than scary. Yeah, me. like the first time I saw them, they were creepy, but they just kept shoving them down my gullet. And by the time, I'm like, yeah, they're just annoying. Like, and, and it's such a trope, right? Like, right. oh, creepy twins. Right. Oh, oh, what? They're not kids. They're old. Yeah. Oh shit! I'm yeah. gonna, I'm gonna shit myself. It's like, what happened to your third sister, Macbeth's witches? Like, <laughs> right. boil, boil, toil and trouble. Like, I expect to see her stirring a big thing of mead. Yeah, you know, uh, I uh, so. Yeah, ridiculous. No, David has a bunch of things he wants us to directly talk about. Some of the stuff we've already covered. Uh-huh. Um, do you want to get onto that, or do you have let other me say, points? Let me say another thing about Nicholas Cage. Let me Nicholas say as many Cage. things as you'd like. Um, 
a, a couple of other things out actually. Um, one thing about Nicolas Cage is I feel like Nicolas Cage needs a good director because if Nicolas Cage doesn't have a director pointing him in the direction that he mm. needs to go, Nicolas Cage will just do Nicolas Cage, mm. and it's either going to be far too intense or it's going to be just a little bit too funny. And I feel like he went just a little bit too funny in this movie. Yeah. Like, let, you don't want Nicolas Cage... You don't want to let Cage be Cage unless you are, <laughs> right. like, the Coen brothers and yeah. you're doing a funny movie. Like, if you yeah. do anything serious, it seems like you want to keep him on a somewhat tight leash. And I be think like, so. Huh, uh, okay, Nick, I loved your energy in that scene, but we're going to mm. need to do it again. And this time, like, <laughs> maybe, maybe just earnestly ask her... How did this doll get burnt? <laughs> I don't need four takes and one take of it, buddy. Like just, just keep it to just keep it just yeah. just, just a facts, ma'am. Right. Or uh, maybe the strategy with Nicolas Cage is to ask him to go bigger and bigger and bigger. So, so he, he wears wear himself out, out. Yeah, yeah. like a toddler. You take a toddler out for a long walk. So right. Yeah. So okay, now 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 you're more manageable. Sure. <laughs> so there were a couple of other things that were confusing to me, um, or. Well, yeah. One in particular. What's with this bee stung guy in the bed when yeah. Nick Cage is running into the house looking for the queen? Was he the backup drone? Maybe, but he didn't get <laughs> sacrificed. So well, what's because he's the backup? Just in that, case. That's in case he went. With, that's in case he went with the Lily Sobieski get me the hell off this island plan. And the <laughs> right. women are looking at each other and like, damn it, we did this to ourselves. Yeah, we did. We we all. I I said, I said it's a bad idea to have. <laughs> Lily tried to get him off the island because we want him on the island. Right. Why? Why? We Seems had this carefully constructed story over a decade, and we do this shit. Yeah. God damn it, Mrs. Summer Summer Isle. Roll out, roll out the other guy. Yeah, roll out the backup drone. Uh, I was also confused at the end when it said for Johnny Ramone. This film is dedicated to Johnny Ramone. Apparently Did you look into this? Yeah, that's apparently Nick Cage was was good friends yeah. with Johnny Ramone. Yeah. And he died in 2004, and Nick thought it appropriate to eulogize him two years later in a terrible film. Because I guess Johnny Ramone introduced him to the original version of this. It might even be the reason Nicolas Cage wanted to do this movie, period. Yeah, like my buddy died, and the first thing he thinks of is like, right. oh, you know, we really bonded over that Wicker Man thing. Yeah, we need to we, make this happen. Where we shot heroin into our eyeballs and watched <laughs> Wicker Man in 73. Did you also... the so there's this one scene where Nick is going through the woods and he comes across like five women in a row that are all hugely pregnant. Right. How did they get pregnant? First of all, some of their, their pregnancy outfits were terrible. One of those women were carrying her child down by her knees, as far as I could tell. <laughs> uh-huh. Like you could see like it, the, the, the basketball like starting to bounce out of her dress as, she's, as she continued <laughs> to walk. Where do these – do they all go to the mainland to, to get, to get quote-unquote bread? I suppose so, yeah. And then they abort the male fetuses and put them in jars, although yeah. like, there are men on this island mm-hmm. who some of them are mutes, some of them aren't. I don't Can I just it. say I think they're putting the the male fetuses into the mead mm. because the woman at the bar says – or because Miss Beach says it's made of like honey and, and whatever and, and other things. Right. No, yeah, yeah. It's, it's totally blended up testicles. De- well, <laughs> I mean testicles and hearts and lungs and uh, oh, you're of... saying the whole all the male right. is going in there. Yeah, but they see, take they it think all. That, that that what what is a man? It's a phallus, phallus, phallus. So phallus, phallus, phallus. Like yeah. Nick Cage is is a is a sentient penis mm-hmm. to these people. Like he came from the planet penis, and he is here to investigate. I mean, that's all, all I see their, when I their look at Nicholas Cage. What? <laughs> that's all I see when I look at Nick Cage. <laughs> a sentient penis. Yeah, big old dick. <laughs> all right, you got some other things. Uh, no, we're good. Okay, uh, so let's get to these. We probably we probably covered a lot of this. Uh, he wants to know, uh, David does. What do we think about the feministic matriarchal overtones? What is director trying to say about female empowerment? God damn it! I wish I knew. Nothing good. No. We'll say that I don't think Laboot hates women. Okay. Because I don't think a person it it takes a person who doesn't hate women to make a movie this misogynistic. And what I mean by that is a person that has an axe to grind against women, I feel would be self-aware enough to, like, plug some of the holes. Where it's like, I know all the count. I like, there's going to be a bunch of feminazis descending on this movie, and they're going to be bull. And I want to make sure it's air fucking tight. 
Yeah. Like, you have to kind of blunder into a movie that's this shitty one-sided about <laughs> women ruling the world, I think. I don't know. I'm not sure I agree with that, but I, <laughs> I, I'm I, honestly just confused. I'm as confused as Nick Cage right. landing on Summer's Isle. Right, right. Uh, any thoughts on what the bag the women are carrying uh, contain when Nick arrives on the island? Um, I assumed it was a pig. Yeah, me too. Because but, otherwise, I mean, the other thing it could be is a, a male child or a, a, a man yeah. who's just been castrated. It's uh, just a like, bag full of wriggling tongues. I don't know why you – yeah, I don't know I don't know why you, you, you carry an injured pig in a burlap sack right. to the town bar I don't know why the you, harbor. you carry the pig halfway up and you stop and you listen in on the conversation that Nick Cage and right. Queen... Er, oh, you're a the, police officer? Here's a wriggling bloody mass. Well, tell right. us more. We're just going to stand here for five minutes and let you observe. Uh-huh. What do we think about the f- wonderful flashbacks and dream sequences? Oh, they're a treat. My favorite one is yeah. where he's looking out at the little girl who's on the ferry. Uh-huh. Uh, again, on a ferry, on a very small ferry, and a semi <laughs> just comes and plows her. <laughs> yeah. It's so funny to think that you're going to have a daydream on a boat. <laughs> She's standing at the prow of a boat, and just a semi is going to run over. Yeah, I maybe the comedy in here is not unintentional. Okay, well, let's Cause talk. Because how do you construct that scene and not say... Look at how ironically hilarious this is. Yeah. A boat with a, a girl being hit by a truck on a boat? Yeah. Yeah. Like, how do you... Okay, so let's just skip ahead to the one of the end questions. Nicolas Cage now says this movie is meant to be a comedy. I'm not sure I buy that. I don't buy it at all. I don't think this movie doesn't seem <laughs> like... And that's why the comedy works. If it was intentional, it would be kind of horrifying and mean-spirited. The fact that it's clearly not is what makes it hilarious. But do you think there's a way to craft a movie that looks unintentionally funny, but is actually meant to be funny? Do you think you can do that consciously? That unintentional, intentional, unintentional comedy, right? I think is impossible. Impossible. Okay. Because like I'm, I was thinking when you, the first thing you said is the first thing I thought of when you said that was the last third of the latest Fast and Furious movie. Uh-huh. But everyone knew that was hilarious. Yeah. Everyone knew yeah. that Jason Statham sequence, which I'm not going to spoil, is fucking hilarious and solid gold. They had to know. Definitely. They had to know. They do. They've seen him in Crank, and they're like, ah, aha, <laughs> we're going to dial this in and write it for all it's worth in this, like, you know, we got, you know, like Jason Statham has been wasted in the professional movies and up to now in the Fast and Furious, we are going to unleash him. So I, I just don't, like, think about it. Like, how would you write unintentional comedy? Like it's the I, earnest, I have no idea. It's the earnestness of it that yeah. makes it makes it so. That's why Ed Wood stuff is so funny right. because he doesn't in his own mind it wasn't funny. Yeah, I mean, I guess the best unintentional comedy you are laughing at the creators. Yes, and and it's hard to craft a scenario in which people are laughing at you. Mm-hmm. I guess, like, I would love to see what kind of movie Andy Kaufman could have made. Yeah, or like, like I'm thinking he would be the the perfect candidate to attempt, or, or Sasha Baron Cohen comedy. comes close to unintentional yeah. comedy because he knows exactly what he's doing. But like Borat would not work if the subjects of his film weren't complete assholes and kind of tear. You know, right, right. like like there's a couple people that I think are sympathetic, but the vast majority of the people that he's going and and show up to just turn out to be to turn out to be assholes. And if they were just decent people, they're like, you know, not going to put down other people's cultures or whatnot, then I don't think, you know, it comes across, it works that way. So he's intentionally provoking unintentional comedy from stupid backwards people. Maybe, could you And that's do it? close, but not still the same right, thing. Right, right. I'm, I'm trying to construct, like... Could you do it as a team? Could you have somebody write a completely earnest I film? I think you're onto something because and then what, have someone else tweak it. One of the hallmarks of the unintentional comedy is you are is in a mean-spirited way, like it, somehow the the work provokes a reaction where like it releases you from the social contract of not making fun <laughs> of someone's creative effort right. and because of its ridiculous you just can't help it. Yeah. And it's 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 a mean-spirited 
laughing at someone's inferior efforts at something. <laughs> Unfortunately, that's exactly what it is. So but... I guess, yeah, you could go into a closed room and make some unintentional, like like deliberately try to craft an unintentional. Let me, I, I if you know of any, atten- I would love to yeah, actually see it. I would too. Do you think that if you went into uh, the project knowing that that would destroy the effect? I think it would. Yeah. Hmm. I think so. We had a bit of okay because I remember us thinking when we first we we sat down a couple years ago and watched the Adam West Batman movie, mm-hmm. and we were expecting to enjoy it like a mystery science theater type of movie, and we actually came across. We I I remember thinking I'm actually somewhat impressed mm-hmm. that this is this is people that are doing a very smart satire and parody of Batman. It it's a toss up for me. Like it could either be that or it could just be. A hilariously bad movie. Right. Uh, and to the extent, like, I feel like that that, because I remember as a very young person, like, uh, Batman, the, the series used to be on, you know, right with the Beverly Hillbilly. It was the highlight of my morning when I stayed home school from school sick or Christmas break. Like, you know, Batman's going to be on, like, 10 o'clock uh-huh. on Fox. Uh, and so it has to work on that level, too. Mm-hmm. Because uh, I, I think if I knew, if if I was as a nine year old kid realized they're making fun of Batman, I wouldn't have liked it. Yeah, I don't know. So that, if, but if you can think of other att- things like that, um, maybe Joel Schumacher's Batman. <laughs> yeah, we've discussed that because Batman versus Robin has some scenes that really work well, like uh-huh. like anything between Bruce and Alfred, like that belongs in a better Batman movie. Yeah, and then you have Bat nipples and 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 Arnold Schwarzenegger and yeah, right. Okay, uh, why does no one give Nick a straight answer about anything? I, why these why these women are so brazen in their defiance of the law enforcement officer when they are in they they do they not realize what a precarious societal situation they're in? Uh, yeah, that's a good question. Like how much? So that's another thing she brings up, right? Like normal society, quote unquote normal society versus what they're doing, right? On the island, she clearly has a disdain for normal society, right? Um, but normal society but, has things like. Forensic science, right? So that, that implies can find that... skull fragments and dental records and DNA trace DNA yeah. analysis and... and and there's the implication that she understands at the very least what society normal quote unquote society right. is capable of. So right. there has to be some fear of retribution here, some fear of punishment. Uh, but maybe they're just over overconfident. Yeah. And as uh, Palpatine would say, it is their weakness because I feel like yeah. the sequel to Wicker Man is just essentially Jurassic Park. They send in the military and they firebomb the island. Yeah. Uh, and the Queen Bee gets loose on the mainland. Right. <laughs> and starts wrecking shit. Yeah, it just rampages through the streets of San Francisco. Wait, that was three, wasn't it? Yeah. That was Jurassic that was Park three. three. Maybe it was two. No, no, it was two. It was the Jeff Goldblum one. They Aren't captured they all Jeff Goldblum. I don't remember. Or wait, you're right. Jeff Goldblum. Wait, I fuck man. The okay, two and yeah, three no. are. You're right. Just blurs was there four for me. of them, or was Jurassic World? Jurassic the fourth? World is the fourth. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Because I feel like, yeah, Jeff Goldblum came back for two, and then Sam Sam O'Neill oh, came back for right. three. Yeah. I want to say it's Jeff Goldblum running screaming, or but anyway, it doesn't matter. Um, thoughts on costume design? Uh huh. What about it? Like the bear costumes? What do you think of uh, Sister Somerset or Summer Isle in her Braveheart costume? As you said, Braveheart yeah. makeup. I thought that was mm-hmm. strange. I mean, they may take our lives, but they'll never take our honey. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Uh, I I couldn't help but notice all of the costumes. Like some of them were kind of cool. Like the the wooden animal masks, like the carved wooden animal sure. masks, were yeah, pretty yeah. sweet. Then they had some kids dressed up in fucking dime store Halloween costume bullshit. Right. Like they ordered it for four ninety nine Prime off Amazon. Right. In B costumes, it was stupid. I feel like that this movie took and went to In Night Shyamalan and just bought the entire lot of costumes from the village. Yeah. Because it's all this, you know, rough spun Connor Prairie bullshit. Except for those two kids with their... They're just... Velvet, I I don't know what those kids are wearing. I don't know what kid B costumes. About. Two of them. Oh oh yes, yes. And just the, the bright little, yellow the, the bee little bees are dressed up as actual bees. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What? Who? Where's the note on that? <laughs> right. 
Yeah, like did you like uh, Amazon delivers to the island because they, they that's they a nine ninety nine you know HalloweenCostumes.com dot com outfit that they're wearing. Yep. Uh, why did it burn? The Wicker Man? No, the, I think he's not. He's making a joke about the doll. The doll, right? Uh, I mean, that's that's it's the part other, of the plot. The whole right? sequence of him going down to the crypt and going swimming—that that stuff is all completely unnecessary. They yeah, just have to keep him busy on this island for twenty-four hours, and they win. So they're fucking with him. I mean, clearly they're fucking. How's with he going to get off the fucking island if he wanted to? He's got no phone. They killed. They killed the dude in the the, so, the plane boat, right? Which all also, by the way, yet another murder that they commit. Uh-huh. Like this guy doesn't have a family. Does he pay taxes? How are they going to get their stuff off the island now, and get their uh-huh. deliveries of stuff? I don't They'll know teach what they're Sister getting. Sister Beach to run to to, 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 to swim to, and ride to, on her back. No, to the pilot an airplane. Oh, okay, she's been working on Microsoft Flight Simulator. Where where did this begin? Oh, they're just fucking with him the whole time, right? Like, uh huh. That's what locking him down in the crypt is. That's what. But why? Again, I, this movie I don't should know. be a sixty minute movie. Yeah. This movie should be a 60-minute short film. Yeah, there's no reason for it. Package it with some other short film, like some other, like, you know, do a double feature uh, Halloween horror film. Like, yeah, that's, that's what you it's... do. It's, you take you get a 60-minute cut of this, a 60-minute cut of uh, The Cure for Wellness, and you package it together <laughs> right. as, like, a double feature. Yeah. Boom. I guarantee you The Cure for Wellness is going to be better. Why? Than this. Why? Because it has a that? plot that holds together, at least. <laughs> I think I think if you just every, trim the fat, every sin of this movie, except for it doesn't have Nick. Like you, if you cast Nick Cage in a Cure for Wellness, they would be virtually identical. You still have like this unintentional comedy factor, though. There was a lot of unintentional comedy. You, you, you pour a funnel full of eels down Nick's Cage's throat, <laughs> and brother, you will have unintentional comedy galore. That's true. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. Yep. Uh, and then we already talked. Oh, uh, what the heck goes on at this hotel at Summer Isle? Good fucking question. Why do they have an inn in Summer's Isle? I don't know. Is it just to I host the men that. that they bang for, you know? I suppose so, yeah. For, for, their, for their fertility weekends? Yeah, I guess. Because uh, otherwise, yeah, you don't really. There's no tour. Why do you need. Like Freddie Kate, like like, do they build their houses out of wicker and just occasionally one goes up and flames and they need a a family needs to stay somewhere? That's the thing. They definitely don't build their houses out of wicker, or at least the Queen Bee's house wasn't built out of wicker. Did you see that mansion she's living oh, in? Right, yeah. yeah. How do you build that thing? Yeah, with just the things you got on the island, right? And like, how do you pay for it with if you're paying with just bee honey? I mean, Bert Bert got rich off his bees. That's true. That's true. Yeah. But he had like a national conglomerate behind. I was him trying to think, like some who, point. like also who burnt. I just now realized something about the film. I was about to ask you who burnt down their neo pagan church, but in actuality, that was a real church that they burnt down and then flooded. Uh, because when you go down to crypts, it's all Jesus, and there's like you know, right. Jesus turns out as the drowned god that the uh, Iron Islanders and Game of Thrones worship. Yeah, uh, but so yeah, that was uh, th- th- that that was an old like this remind this very very Beaver Islandish you know that uh-huh. that was the original the Mormon religion before the Irish Catholics came and overthrow them except yeah. for this was in reverse you had the Irish Catholics that settled the island and they're like hey it's new New Ireland and then the the fucking neo pagans came and dethroned them <laughs> back a hundred and forty years ago or whatever it is. All right, that's. I think we 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 well covered all uh, of the points uh, that David had and uh, many of our own. Uh, that was a lot of fun. I've had uh, uh, I've had worse worse ways to spend a Monday afternoon for sure. Yeah. So that's it. We will be back with more commission podcasts in the very near future. Uh, the next one we've got is Jackie Brown, which is a community commission. Uh, all right, and I've already started the uh, feedback on that so and then we've got uh, twin peaks which good god oh even fuck know. me we actually have uh we have a murderer's <laughs> row coming up we got we got jackie brown then twin peaks which is something i think intimidates the both of us mm-hmm. uh just in time for the reboot to come the fugitive okay yeah shutter island and then dr horrible sing-along blog damn that is uh that is that that uh that's and, and w- it's going to be fun to do Shutter Island because I w- I'm w- probably going to do a lot of comparing and contrasting between that and uh, the Cure for Wellness. Yeah. Because yeah. it just 
everything that the Cure Wellness fucked up, Shutter Island, I think, did right. Yeah. Um, and uh, you and I both have pretty high opinion of uh, Leonardo DiCaprio. Like, mm-hmm. for our generation, he's arguably one of the, the – he's like our Brando. Sure. I mean, that might be buy paint becoming a little too high. I don't know. I mean, I I think he is – the thing that impressed me about him is how fully he commits – to all of his roles, yeah, um, not not in like the Christian Bale way, you know, he doesn't necessarily transform his body or whatever, right? But he becomes that character in all all other ways. Maybe he's our, yeah. I mean, I was going to say, well, maybe he's our Brando or not, not our Brando. Maybe he's our Pacino or our De Niro. But I don't because because Brando's more known for those transformations, right? Yeah. Um, you know, physical, physical. It wasn't just those words were De Niro. I don't know that De Niro's ever physically transformed into shit. Uh, Raging Bull, maybe. But he's still recognizably De Niro. Like, I, what, what I'm saying yeah. is, like, you know... Uh, it's like Nick Cage transforming into a, a Marine or whatever he was in Con Air, right? <laughs> he's still a, a mulleted weirdo. Yeah, you can't take a Ben Franklin wig and put it on and then, <laughs> and, and, and get mildly jacked and then yeah. say you're, you're Con Air. I don't know. All right, well, well that's, that uh, that's should a be conversation fun, yeah. for another one. So yep. uh, we'll be getting to those real soon. And uh, so, yeah, that's what's coming up on commissions. And uh, we'll see you, see you back for the next one real soon.